Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Don't Be So Sensitive. It's your choice to go to hell, right? This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of three. So now I feel compelled to explain something for the uninformed peeps who are in one of three circles. You do not remain in the circle you started out in. But however, once you transition from your original circle, that is circle two, you can behave in such a way so as to end up leaving your circle, that is circle one, if you were called to circle one, and ending up in another circle, which is circle three. You can see the illustration one to get a high level perspective. Pictures have always helped me to see clearer. Let me get into it before I confuse both you and I, since you can't actually see the picture. The gospel in its power, Romans 1, 16. Coming from the Holy Spirit is what moves the appointed or predestined Christian to the authentically born-again circle. Now, circle one should not have any non-believers in it. Circle three, however, can have backslidden or those who have wandered from the truth believers in it, along with Satan's kids. 2 Thessalonians 2, 19, 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all powers, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perished, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I have a whole message on what that looks like, titled Don't Play With Your Salvation. But sticking to this topic, It is only important that you are aware that the purpose or what each of the three circles represent. Now, non-believers get into circle one because they are invited to the church, the very habitation of God, and those from circle one. The unbelieving soul does not belong there. That is the equipping center or barracks for Christians. Listen to the message titled Church Purpose. Non-believers in attendance only brings confusion and can eventually slow or stop the growth of other baby Christians, even causing them to backslide. Non-believers belong in circle two or three, which ultimately depends on whose seed is in them. The gospel power causes that seed to manifest and eventually sets the person on the course of where the seed is destined to go. This is why Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. For those in circle one, we in the fivefold ministry should be equipping the saints for the work of ministry, so that they can preach to those in circle two, not circle three. Only circle two contains the appointed, predestined, and called peeps. Circle three has the hell-bent and sent, as well as the once-upon-a-time believer or backslider. Now, I know I say we do not preach to circle three convicts, but there is a ministry there, which should be addressed by the young peeps along with the mature believers, as they are called to do so. This is not a ministry for babies, or immature young believers. Now, Circle One has a combination of the milk drinkers, defined as the baby Christians, bread eaters for the young persons, and the meat eaters for the aged and mature Christian. Each is to be equipped where they are at. How many times have I seen those who are invited or required to attend a training that may specifically speak to only one maturity group is beyond counting and extraordinarily frustrating for an equipper to witness? Why should they have to endure your laziness? Prepare training for each of the groups of Christians. This is God's military 
and I think we should handle the business of equipping and training just as he would and just as he did. Joel 2, 1 through 11. So the three circles. I know you've just been dying to know what they are, right? It'll make sense of the rest of the message, huh? On the left is, is, a, is one circle. In the center is another. And on the right is a third circle. The one on the left is red with an arrow pointing up. The one in the middle is gray with arrows pointing to the right and to the left. The one on the right is black with an arrow pointing down. Obviously, the arrow pointing up tells you that those are Christians. So arrow pointing down tells you that those are not. And the arrows pointing to the right or left signifies that we have a choice. And as I've said before, the center circle is where everybody comes from. It's circle one that preaches the gospel into circle two and extracts those who are predestined, appointed, or called by God. It also separates those who are not, and they end up going to circle three, hopefully sooner than later. In my message titled CD Seedlings, I discuss how the Bible shows us that there are two seed lines and that they begin in a garden. But for this message, I have found it the clearest in the circle illustration so as to appease my understanding. But I again caution you to stay away from placing labels on people as you really never know who God is after. And the state that they are in when you meet them may not be the state that they will remain in. So now you must be asking yourself, if everything is already set up and established by God, then why should I try to do anything for God, with God? In fact, why God at all? Well, I'm glad you asked, and this is why, if you do such a message, that you explain what I'm about to explain, so that you don't leave people quitting on God or just walking away from their assigned destiny. I know that some things in the human race are set from birth, such as a personality, talents, giftings, and purpose and calling. If you try and flow outside of what has already been established, then you go from a potential A performer to a B or C performer. If you want to know where you are at, ask your boss, your manager, your leader, your wife, or your husband. And if church has leadership, go to them, ask them. How am I performing? Am I at an excellent level or am I at a B or a C level? Now know this, you cannot do anything you set your mind on. Watch a few episodes of American Idol to get the proof and evidence that this is a very true statement. Now before I move on, I want to dispel a prevailing error so as to convince you of these facts. I have had people refer me to Corinthians and tell me that I am in error on these points, according to Paul. Let's look. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-22 For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Paul is pretty clear in what he is referring to when he makes a statement about becoming all things. He is not saying that he became a doctor or a scientist, a miner, or a movie star. He's talking about having no cultural status boundaries. We also know by his ministry that he didn't have any religious boundaries either. You see it? You can't just be anything you want to be. It's not true. Sorry, parents, you should never have told your kids that they can be anything they want to be. 
The Bible says you should raise up your kids in the way they should go. And that if they depart from it, they will come back to it. You find out what the kid is wired for and set them on that path. And that's the life that God has chosen for them. But so now we move on to the next thing I wanted to address, which I can only indirectly support, but would simply like to preference it as a thought of my own. I cannot directly support it, but this is why it is supportable by the very fact that it is not 100% clear and that you actually never know the fullness of how God sets his plan up. So look at Genesis 18, 19, specifically 18, 33, where he is chatting it up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, negotiating with him that he might spare the city if just 10 were found righteous. Now we also know that Moses had changed God's mind on a few occasions, whereby he was ready to take out all the whole of those rebellious desert peeps known as his people. Exodus 32:10:14. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Some may say that God was just testing Moses, and never would have consumed them. And even though I believe he was, I do not believe he would have relented from his original plan had Moses failed the test. We have evidence of this in King David and God's relationship whereby David performed a census, failing the test of God, and so it resulted in dead people. Lots of dead people. 2 Samuel 24, 1-17 I know there is more to the story, but not here, not now. Verse 11 Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with great mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Well, that's it for today. Now, the fact that it looks like God changed his mind here kind of challenges the thought that those who are saved are assigned salvation before they are born. God may change his mind towards you, so don't give up asking. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.